So I recently, you know me, I'm a big fan of biopics. I know you. Huge. Yes. Huge fan. Two have released in in the recent, um, I don't know, what, few months. A couple of months. Uh, what, you know, one of them was released in December uh, about Norwegian black metal band Mayhem and just the general scene in Norway in the 90s. Fuck called yeah. Lords of Chaos. Fuck yeah. So good. So good. And very brutal. Brutal. If, if you know anything about Norwegian black metal, then you know it's brutal. But they were very true. In fact... The uh, the director of the film was the drummer of black metal, like, what is it? Gods. Legends? Gods. Bathory. Which was, they were actually around before Mayhem. They weren't necessarily Norwegian black metal. They were just black metal. Like, Venom was the first ever black metal band. They coined the term black metal with their album of the same name. But Bathory came around around the same time. And the director, Jonas Ackerlund, um, is the drummer of Bathory, was the drummer of Bathory. I don't know if he's still part of Bathory. He's very much not about the whole black metal scene. And then I also watched, and I'm not even a big fan of this band, but I watched The Dirt, which is the Motley on Crew. Netflix, the Motley Crew Absolutely. Um, biopic. And I have an obscene amount of love for almost all all biopics, like really like, notorious, all eyes on me. I still loved those, even though they were not remotely accurate. Well, I mean, okay, notorious was, but I mean, all eyes on me got literally horrendous ratings because of, you know, multiple things. People just were like, ugh. but anyway, the dirt actually really good. I'm not a fan of Motley Crue, but if you're not a fan of Motley Crue, still worth watching because they did some fucking crazy shit. The weird thing, though, one weird thing that I didn't like was the lack of any sort of Guns N' Roses presence um, throughout the entirety of the movie. Like, for instance, like the whole scene where uh, Nikki Six ODs on heroin and dies Hell yeah. for like 10 minutes or whatever. Um, that actually happened with Guns N' Roses. They were on tour with Guns N' Roses, but it was like not like that at all. Well, so I'm I don't sure- know what. I'm sure it is entirely possible as well that Guns N' Roses was just like, eh, we don't really want to be involved in that. So that's possible. Yeah, that's apparently that's just what I read. I don't know. Maybe the way that they said in the movie was absolutely correct because they were also executive producers of the movie. Totally. But guys, let me just get a point across here. Biopics of musicians, music films are great. They really are. They're some of my favorite movies. Walk the Line, Johnny Cash. Walk it is incredible. Fantastic. One that I don't really love, and this is going to be a, a hot, hot take, is Amadeus. I just don't really give a shit. I agree. I totally agree. It's considered one of the like top five biopics of all time, but I'm like, I'll put Spinal Tap over that. Yeah, no, 100%. I'd, I would 100% agree with that. <laughs> Like it, it, it just drags. It just drags. Now, speaking of speaking of Satan, Satan right? and Norwegian black metal, 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 metal. So <laughs> if you take away the Norwegian outside of it, um, that's not Norwegian. No, it's Scottish. And <laughs> we're not talking about Scotland, but we are talking about metal. And we're talking about the the originators the perhaps. godfathers of metal the and and the really 
the album that kind of pushed metal in a complete new direction. Totally changed it. Totally changed the whole thing. Like, you know, uh, not necessarily like the beginning of doom because I wouldn't consider it like full doom, 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 or like sludge or stoner metal, but it's certainly like the very, very heavy precursor. Like if, if metal were to be a house. Yes. Right. Then this is the foundation. This wouldn't be necessarily the foundation, but it would be when you have to level everything out in the dirt in order to lay the foundation for all of that other shit. And so this of is course, the foundation to the foundation. This is the foundation to the foundation. This there is the graham cracker crust to the cheesecake. Okay. There you go. Uh, that's the foundation there. Okay. This is the pan that the graham cracker crust sits in to the cheesecake. Okay. Because you know what? You can't throw out the pan. Exactly. You're to keep the pan around forever. Exa- and frankly, cheesecake wouldn't exist without fucking bacon pans. That's true. So. That's true. And of course... <laughs> We are talking about Paranoid by Black fucking Sabbath. Run that shit. Just fucking run it. Hey everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of A Decade Under the Influence. I am your host, Lucas Lowry-Ross. That is Jake Lawrence. There have been a couple of developments. Unfortunately, we both were crazy sick for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Sick Um, to the point of not being able to use these beautiful voices voices. that you hear before you. And tons of people were sick. Uh, You know, tons of other stuff has happened. I got a new studio. It's been a whole big thing. So today we're talking about metal and we're talking about the 1970 rock album Black Sabbath Paranoid. It's so just the fucking, fucking good. Mmm. Mmm. Just it's just so tasty. It's just it's that it's that icing, right? It's that icing. You get that first bite of cake. Maybe you don't get that much cake, but you get that icing and it's just sweet on the tongue. It's like you can taste the Satan. It's like the crema on top of the delicious espresso yes that crema you know that crema that's slightly sweet but also very bitter you know this is the type of quality content that people subscribe for is learning (laughs) what the small bubbles on the espresso is called that's true i did know that one i knew about the crema i know it's bothered me forever i used to work for uh starbucks and i learned about that Mm, that was the only thing good that i learned i learned that a lot of people were against gay marriage when I was working for Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> just like a lot of people just, did. Like, just in whew, general. Lots of rednecks would call in. And, and I'm never going to Starbucks again. My entire church is not going because you fucking goddamn piece of shit. Howard Schultz promoting gay marriage. Anyway. Hell yeah. <laughs> so while we are on the topic of gay marriage. Hail Satan, listen to Black Sabbath's <laughs> Paranoid. Paranoid, yes. Um, so so we're, this album, let me just say, this album is quintessential. This album is one of the top rated, not only rock albums of all time, but metal albums of all time. And it's, like we were saying before, it's not necessarily 
the beginning of Doom or Sludge, that would probably be reserved for Volume 4 or even probably Master of Reality. Master of Reality was like really when they were like... Probably. But but when you hear the cuts on things such as War Pigs or Iron Man, even... Less so on Paranoid, but those two specifically, they've got some real, real heavy tones that you would not have expected in the year 1970. Like even just that little tiny bit in war pigs. And I know that there have been multiple documentaries about this and multiple things. And please do go watch them because they're fantastic. They're fantastic. And frankly, they have a lot of information and they have two hours and we don't necessarily want to talk about black Sabbath for two hours. Like we did with neutral milk hotel. So (laughs) we're working on, we're We're, working on finding a balance. I'd say exactly because you know, we could talk about Ozzy for six hours. Absolutely. Just his wicked we're antics. Not. We're not going to yeah. do that. So oh on my God. snorting ants, snorting ants, that's what he, he's done that. Yeah. Multiple and drinking his own piss. Yep. Off of a floor. This was in the, the dirt, actually. <laughs> there you go. Fun fact. Full circle it, comes full circle. It all you know? ties in. It so, all comes together. Like even on war pigs, when they have that, like that in and of itself is super doomy, right? Very doomy. Now, real quick, something that I noticed, and this was a long time ago, very long time ago, is it's incredibly similar to a Led Zeppelin riff. And I also recently learned that at the time of them recording this album, the majority of the band's favorite band was Led Zeppelin. Of course. Fun fact. But I feel like like they took the power of Satan and put it within these sort of Led Zeppelin riffs. And that's not to say that Satan was not involved with Led Zeppelin. Let's, let's not forget, folks. But I feel like they really encompassed it. And, and, and War Pigs in general, as a song... Even to this day, when you have some of the heaviest fucking music ever, is like one of the heaviest songs. Absolutely, and I've I'm ever heard. and I'm not going to say that this band is heavy by any means. Sure, um, sure. I, I'm, but, I'm not talking about but, Black Sabbath. I have I have an anecdote. Um, okay, okay. So okay, sure. I was like, I, I, I went to go see Arctic Monkeys. Okay. Sure. Arctic Monkeys are not super duper heavy. However, they had just finished AM and they were touring AM and there is a song on AM called Arabella. Okay. And my favorite song on AM actually. There you go. And Arabella shares an extremely similar like, and that, that is just kind of how the, the song kind of goes. Well, when they perform this live, um, this is just an, an, an example of how, you know, Black Sabbath has still remained popular even now and influential and influential in that when they play this song about halfway through Arabella, mm-hmm. they start war picks and they do a brief little cover of war picks and they'll go down out and then the crowd uh loses their shit the crowd fucking loses their mind <laughs> loses their moms mosh, are covering dude, their children's mosh ears pits and open shit. and then they just fucking <laughs> just start hitting each other it's so insane and when you think that's, about that's a testament exactly that's a testament to black sabbath exactly and it's a testament to just Purely how influential their music has been. Now, if you don't know who Black Sabbath is, 
<laughs> I don't then really stop living under a rock. I don't really know what to tell you. And I understand not being a fan of Black Sabbath. That's 100% fine. It's a different time. But you've played Whatever. Guitar Hero. You've played Guitar Hero. You've taken a guitar lesson where they immediately taught you Iron Man. All of these things. <laughs> right? However, Black Sabbath is a revolutionary, hard-hitting, and heavy as fuck for the time English Obscenely rock band. heavy. And it's time. made up of Tony Yomi, Geezer Butler, Bill Ward, and of course, Ozzy Osbourne. The Prince of Darkness. The Prince of Darkness. The reality show star now, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> and oh, not now. He's not on a fucking reality he show. He was. His wife is was, all the he time. Was a huge. He was a huge star of his own reality show. Yes, that is he true. Was also a huge star of his own life. Very Get true. Get the head off a of bat. You know Ozzy. You Osbourne. know Ozzy Osbourne. If you don't know Crazy Black train. Sabbath, I mean, come on. If you don't know Black Sabbath, you know. Ozzy Osbourne. Now, this band has probably more than any other band uh, experienced very many lineup changes. Um, in fact, there's only one single member that has been a le- member the entire time. Uh, and, and actually, uh, basically the way that people kind of quantify Black Sabbath of like, Hey, what Black Sabbath are you talking about? Is, <laughs> uh, are you talking about Ozzy Sabbath or are you talking about Dio Sabbath? And Dio is also a rock God in and of himself. I sure, personally yeah. prefer the Ozzy Sabbath personally. As do I. I that's, just think that's that it's choice. a little bit more interesting to listen to. I think it's more occulty. I, I agree. As much as, as much as Dio is very like all about the satanic imagery and, and just the in general kind of fantasy of it all, I feel like Ozzy has some sort of certain vibe about him. And, and the thing is, keep this in mind, Ozzy didn't write a lot of this album. Um, Ozzy was anything. very much a vocalist yep. uh, who took lyrics from uh, Geezer Butler and Tony Iommi would just fucking make these disgusting riffs. In fact, one thing that they said um, was that Tony Iommi would just show up and they'd be like, what do you got? And he'd like play Iron Man and they'd be like, oh, what the fuck? That's sick. And then they would be like, now beat it. Now play, now play something even heavier. And it was just kind of like this incredible uh, revolution, not revolution, but evolution of the rock genre. Exactly. Like there, it wasn't necessarily as, you know, a meticulous recording process as like, let's say Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was. No, um, no, not at all. Instead, it was more of like a bunch of dudes getting together and being like, hey, well, we're going to jam. And then somebody playing like some sweet fucking chord and then them being like, let's do that. And then they just made a song around it. Well, and I feel like part of this album's charm is when you listen to it in headphones or even in your car, you can hear the, the like room sound and the feedback and like everything. It's very raw. Like they didn't put a lot of, uh, time and effort into the process of recording, but I feel like that gives it even more of its own character as opposed to perhaps later albums or like you said, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah, like those uh, meticulous albums. very raw feel to it. Exactly. And be- also, fun fact, this album was the first time that uh, Black Sabbath was ever on the gatefold of, of the uh, LP. 
Hell yeah. They, they had not, this of them, obviously there's only second album, but even most people's first albums, you see the band. Um, but this was the first time ever. And, uh, I just think that's an interesting fact. <laughs> that is an interesting fact. Well, and, and being that it's a sophomore album, um, mm-hmm. this is uh, kind of one of those very rare exceptions. And not nece- even necessarily rare back in the day, but rare at least now in the sense of, you know, an artist's debut is mm-hmm. usually much better and more thought out and much more cohesive or much more extravagant or whatever, as well, opposed especially to now, I'd say uh, exactly as opposed to a sophomore album. Now the reasons behind mm-hmm. this usually are because with a debut album, somebody could have been working on it for 15 years and a sophomore album, they have like eight months um, yeah, while they're touring or whatever. Um, now also real quick, one thing that I want to say, and this is completely off topic, but if you guys have ever heard of the band hers, super sad, super sad, they were killed. Dude. I actually, Arizona, I actually heard about this. I saw it on Reddit and I, I unfortunately had never heard of hers. Neither had I. And my wife actually told me about him and then she played him for me. And I was like, well, that's fucking horrible. These guys are, these guys are great. Like they have that like eighties sound. Totally. We've just been chasing. Ah, so sad. And it really is a huge bummer. Um, anyway, continue though. I just wanted to get that out there because I would have forgotten and I want to give them their due. Like 100, 100% agree. Incredibly talented musicians taken way too soon. Absolutely. First, their first album is what they were touring. Absolutely. And it is such a huge, and those two dudes, they were driving themselves around in an E40 van. There was actually, they did have a driver. They had one, they had a driver. They did. Who, their manager, who also died. Oof. Everybody in the car accident altogether died. Oof. So the the two gentlemen in the band, the driver, uh, and then the driver of the truck that hit them head on. Such a tragedy. Oh, man. That, that is such a bummer. Especially because well, you hear that. Just go check them out just please, for prosperity. Please, it's yes. nothing like Black Sabbath. No. <laughs> but I just all. wanted to get it out there. I feel like it's important that, you know, these dudes from Liverpool come to the United States and they die on their first fucking tour, which is awful. It's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. So please actually do go check them out. I, I'm, I'm sure that their families will receive some type of uh, royalties or, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, every, every stream helps and, you know, maybe you'll actually enjoy their music quite a bit. Um, it's because, really because it's I actually good. legitimately do. Um, so black Sabbath, uh, they, I mean, they, they really were just the, the, the biggest, I guess, uh, influence. Uh, and we, and we talked about and this a little bit like more. they were like the antithesis. Absolutely. The Absolutely. They were, they were so against the grain in comparison to everyone else. Well, and I mean, really, even when it comes to Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, yes, they dabbled in the satanic imagery and, you know, like all that kind of stuff, but it was more behind the scenes and kind of found out later. Whereas Black Sabbath was very upfront with it. There was no question. The original name of War Pigs was supposed to be Walpurgis. I think that's what it is. I think so. And that's literally satanic Christmas. They were very, very adamant. And like the only reason that there wasn't more uh, of that sort of imagery or anything like that is because of their record label. Actually, it was like calm, calm down, that down. A bit. just let's, calm that let's down just, just chill. a little. It was also initially supposed to be called War Pigs, uh, and they changed that because of the 
growing conflict with the Vietnam War at the time. Uh, they were the record label was afraid that people would not even think about listening to it if it was called War Pigs because of the negative connotation. Um, but fun fact. There you go. And, uh, you know, speaking of the title track, uh, it is actually kind of really hilarious because as it is with many of these, you know, kind of uh, older albums, uh, a lot of these uh, either most popular tracks or title tracks or singles or whatever were really just kind of thrown together at the last second. Um, paranoid, especially <laughs> paranoid, especially like it, they literally had, I think, like four days before the release. And they uh, they needed a filler track. They needed a filler track. They kind of put everything all together. Uh, Arguably Black Sabbath's most popular fucking song ever. Yep. Was was a filler track was they wrote, recorded and got done in two hours. Incredible. Like it's fucking nuts. That's uh, that is absolutely insane. And that truly is a testament to just how kind of. And it also became the title track to the album. Like when they were like, yo, War Pigs can't be the name. They're like, Paranoid has a lot of potential. It could be easily be the single. You're going to name the album Paranoid. Yeah. I mean, like and Bill. The funny thing, uh, something about the album art is basically the album art is the dude in like the pig suit with the fucking sword. The scimitar. And, and that was supposed to be War Pigs the album because it makes perfect sense and ozzy was uh quoted i'm not sure which uh interview but he was like nobody fucking understands why that's the album cover there's no reason for it it's called paranoid and there's a fucking bloke with a goddamn sword and his pig suit it's fucking <laughs> it hilarious it's fucking hilarious and I've never understood it either. So it's kind of nice to get that context of like, what the fuck is that album? cover? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the thing that I can really kind of appreciate about this album is that, you know, all of these individual tracks were kind of made with the idea that the band would be able to kind of jam on them a little bit as that they were kind of performing. Right. In the sense mm -hmm. of like when they were originally recording war pigs. They kind of just started fucking doing their own thing and having their own crazy guitar solos and doing all of this stuff. And that is actually what we hear today that war pigs was supposed to be a, like a four minute track. Um, yeah. and, and instead they just did a bunch of filler stuff. So a lot of these tracks were written with that kind of in mind. And that also kind of, was very emblematic of what the, the the music that was coming out at the time was in the sense of, you know, Iron Man could be a 25 minute song if they recorded it live. Easily. Right. Easily. All that you need to do is just have that guitar solo just last. Especially at that time, dude, everything was 25 minutes. Everything. Long I mean, talk you about got Pink Floyd. You got fucking yes. You got Emerson, Lake and Palmer. All of these fucking of prog them. rock bands just dropping fucking two hour long albums that are two songs long. Well, dude, I mean, you can even go and see back with, uh, with Greta Van Fleet. I mean, Led Zeppelin. So sorry. Um, <laughs> you can, you can go back and see them like start a song and not finish it for 45 minutes. Cause they're just doing their thing up there and everyone's they're just, just jamming and they're all on having acid. a great time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, and, and now, I mean, if you think about that type of, of of kind of performance. Can you imagine if a trap beat went on for forty five minutes in the middle Actually, of a I live can. performance? That, that happens at that happens at EDM festivals. I mean, all that's the fair. Time. That's that that's fair. 
That's fair. <laughs> but I, I see what you're saying. You know what I it's mean? It's a much, much different archetype now uh, as opposed to then when, you know, you could literally be in a band and all you had to do was go on stage and get fucking wild for a while. Absolutely. People would like worship you. No, like I mean. You, literally, you were the top, top tier fucking craziest band ever. And, and Black Sabbath was absolutely that. And one thing they also said is that War Pigs, Paranoid, even Iron Man all kept evolving as they would do live tours. Absolutely. Like every single tour, the song would get longer or the solo would change or something because it was all just such raw material for them. And also uh, an interesting, an interesting thing about this album is again, the subject matter. Um, There's a lot of political tracks on this album. Hand of Doom is actually a very, very crazy track. Uh, Geezer Butler wrote it um, as, as he wrote most of the lyrics on this entire thing. Um, But it was about Vietnam vets who would come back addicted to heroin. In fact, there was a point where there were people who would uh, criticize them because they were like, yo, this, you're, why are you telling people to do heroin? And they're like, no, this song is anti-heroin. This is anti-drugs. And the whole thing about that, the reason he felt the urge to make that was because in the news or in any sort of cycle, there wasn't any coverage on, you know, Vietnam vets coming back completely addicted to heroin. So he wanted to make that known, you know, and and it's the same thing with war pigs with obvious imagery. And then there's also some cuts on this that are completely fantastical, such as Iron Man. Iron Man is a story about a dude who goes into the fucking future. He sees this apocalyptic vision, tries to come back, gets fucking turned into an Iron Man metal. He it's like turned into metal basically. And people are mocking him. And the whole entire rest of the song is about him taking his revenge on mankind because he was trying to save mankind. Well, and a really funny kind of anecdote about Iron Man as well is that the reason why it's even called Iron Man is because it's supposed to be Iron Bloke. Well, and, and and the reason why it was going to be called Iron Bloke is because uh, Tony played the little guitar rift and I'm sure Ozzy, which just fucked up out of his mind. He was like, that's what Ozzy said. He's like, it sounds like an iron bloke. It sounds like a bloke just <laughs> stumbling around made of iron. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Well, and I mean like, you know, that is absolutely true about the subject matter. And in 2013, uh, Butler said that paranoid, like the album, um, mm-hmm. was quote about depression. Because I didn't really know the difference between depression and paranoia. It's kind of a drug thing. When you're smoking a joint, you get totally paranoid about people. And you can't really relate to people. There's that crossover between the paranoia you get when you're smoking dope and the depression afterwards. He later said about this in 2015 that he used to be a cutter. Quote, I'd cut my arms, stick pins through my fingers, that kind of thing. I used to get really depressed and it was the only thing that could bring me out of it. If Sabbath hadn't made it, I'd have been long dead and I would have killed myself. So that's yeah, the type. It was very depressed. That's dude. the type of like, you know, frame of reference that Sabbath was kind of working with. And then, you know, obviously considering the time, that type of depression and persona and not really knowing where you're going to be or what you're going to be doing or, or anything like that, the chaos of, of this time period kind of lended itself to. Uh, the narrative that it kind of pushes, you know, uh, about Vietnam veterans, about the war itself, about just in general youth, you know, at, at the time, mm-hmm. you know, the draft was happening and oh, yeah. 
There was was hot debates about whether to continue the Vietnam War. Exactly. There was just so much that was happening politically that a lot of. We're not going to get into that. No, 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 not at all. But like uh, there was just so much that was happening politically and there was so much that was just happening just in the world in general. And so this kind of, you know, apocalyptic uh, Satan album comes out and everybody is able to kind of, you know, apply their own narrative to it. They're able Mm -hmm. to kind of relate a little bit more to it. And then that type of relationship, that symbiosis, if you will, um, that synchronicity, that that serendipity, that, that's more fun buzzwords. Let's start with this, you know, a little bit of that. Um, Yeah. That that type of thing really lended itself to just how big of an impact this album really, really make. And, it, and in fact, it made such a big impact that they were actually sued about it because. Yeah, they were. Because they were sued because in, in the UK, there was a, a nurse um, who unfortunately uh, had committed suicide. She had hung herself in her, in her apartment and on her turntable was this album. Yep. Um, nobody knows if, uh, you know, this album itself, uh, was playing during the time or anything like that, but well, it was spinning. Like they, that's what they said. It was on the turntable going. Absolutely. And so um, what they, the, 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 the lawsuit kind of, inferred is that the members of black Sabbath were therefore liable, uh, for, for this woman's her, death, her death. Um, and actually, uh, you know, Butler kind of talked about that as well in that, uh, he said, quote, uh, in the early days of Sabbath, uh, we were considered very satanic. If you like, that was the way it felt at least. Uh, and that was the way that we kind of played it, but I got out of hand with paranoid in England. For instance, there was a girl that was found dead, a nurse, uh, and she was dead in her room and our album was on the turntable going around. Uh, but it was taken to court, uh, saying that it was because of the album and that she was depressed and killed herself. Uh, which I think is totally ridiculous. Her, oh, yeah. I being Butler, not even necessarily, Butler, not, not me, not necessarily. I'm not saying that time. suicide is ridiculous ever. No. Well, in, in the thing is. Neither did Butler. Uh, this dude Absolutely. was depressed. You Absolutely. Know, he, he knew what was going on, but he was saying that the fact that this music would cause specifically that to happen was absolutely ridiculous because, frankly, you must be in an unstable state. And, you know, absolutely. If, if you're going to commit suicide or any sort of horrible self-harm to yourself, obviously, one, get help, um, but, but two... You know, think about what you're doing. Absolutely. And really like, like focus. focus Absolutely. On what you're doing. And, and think about the negative connotation. You know, maybe Black Sabbath was one of this woman's favorite bands and that's not necessarily what she wanted to happen. Uh, and, you know, obviously, like I said, she's probably not in the best state in the first place. Exactly. And, um, and who knows? It could have been a situation yeah. like, for example, the National. She could have been fucking tripping on acid. Yeah. The, the, the National yeah. is one of my favorite bands. The National makes notoriously, incredibly sad music. Uh, and some of the best music in the world is inherently just like depressing. Absolutely. But I listen to the national when I am incredibly happy and completely fine. And it helps you find a balance, right? Let's get into this for a second because I've always felt this, right? If I'm in a great mood, I will love listening to depressing music. Love it. If I'm in a bad mood, I love listening to depressing music, but I feel like depressing music helps balance out your life because it doesn't matter who you are. 
you can be in a great mood, but it's not going to stay forever, right? So finding that balance of, I'm going to listen to The National because I'm in such a great mood, it'll help balance you out as a person, I feel. It just, it helps in general to kind of have that second state of mind as opposed to say, you know, I'm in a great mood. I'm going to go listen to Dropkick Murphys because I'm in a great mood. Yes, of course, go listen to Dropkick Murphys. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're listening to sad music, it's because you're looking for that sort of emotion that you're not necessarily feeling because you're in a great mood. Well, and that's really the thing, too, is that, you know, we are a voyeuristic society, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that, you know, we love action movies because it allows us to experience danger and fear and chaos and all of those. Horror movies things. too. Dear God. Um, Horror movies. While being comfortable and fine. And none of us actually ever want to be in a situation like the Born Identity because that oh sounds God, incredibly no. stressful. Um, but it doesn't mean. <laughs> That's all. Just doesn't sound it's Just stressful. Dude, I get stressed out. I get stressed out when I'm in the Target and I have to poop. I cannot imagine <laughs> how much stress Jason Bourne has to go through. You gotta think though, maybe he's not that stressed. Honestly, maybe he's like, I have this mindset. Maybe. For instance, you get stressed out because you have to poop in Target. Do I get stressed out because I have to poop in Target? No, I fucking poop in Target and I deal with it. No, 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 absolutely. So, so Jason Bourne, (laughs) Jason Bourne is like, shit. I mean, I've gotten so used to this by the Bourne Ultimatum or whatever the fucking third one was. What was the totally. third one? Uh, I don't know. Supremacy? Bourne, whatever. He's just, it's fucking routine. He's used to this shit. So maybe he's not that stressed out. Maybe, like maybe. If you start pooping in public, you won't be nearly as stressed out when you have to poop in public. Okay, no, it's not a situation of I'm stressed about pooping in public. It's a situation of I now have to. Let's s- not. Let's not. Talk I, about I now poop. have to stash God all of it. my groceries somewhere where they won't be stolen or restocked so that I can go into the bathroom so that nobody thinks that I'm trying to steal things while I'm in the bathroom. It's just a whole situation that I wasn't planning on dealing with. Now, like if we are comparing it to the Born Identity movies, then in the first movie, that would be me, right? Stressed, stress. stressed out about pooping in the target, right? By yes. the third movie, I go to the target to go poop. That's that's you, my you don't routine. Even poop at home anymore. I don't even that's, think you, about it. You, you think you just go to target to shit. And so when we're talking about music, when thank you to the sponsors of this episode, Target. <laughs> Dude, that'd be so sweet. But um, if, uh. if it, like when we're talking about music, right, we're incredibly voyeuristic in the sense of when we're really, really happy. Sometimes we like to listen to really sad music because we be like, man, I'm really fucking happy that I'm not feeling that right now. Or like when, uh, you know, there's somebody that's talking about being so horrendously depressed or addicted to drugs or their significant other just left them or broke their heart or anything like that. It really makes yeah. us very value what we currently have that being said now in comparison that being said it doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to be listening to uh, paranoid and just feel like they would if they were listening to hollow notes it's just a situation (laughs) by which that you know, we are able to kind of relate to this music a little bit more. And, and, and really that's kind of the whole big thing about black Sabbath in general is those types of relationships, the relationships between the Vietnam war and uh, those kind of satanic beliefs that they were trying to specifically this album. Exactly. You can't say black Sabbath as a whole. No, 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 not at all. Just, just, just this album. Um, 
as well as, you know, the, the type of paranoia and depression and the feeling of kind of being lost in general, um, is, is very prevalent here. Uh, and, and, and the relationships between, you know, us as the viewers or the listeners, um, being able to kind of relate to these things in any type of context, you know, there was a huge resurgence of this album in 2002, uh, with, uh, the Iraq war. Um, and, and there have just been numerous accounts of, uh, tons of people being invigorated by this album because they were able to kind of relate it to something that was happening in current events, even though it is, uh, almost 50 years old at this point. Holy shit, dude. It's yeah, dude. It's almost 50 fucking years old. Wow. That's crazy. It came out in 1970. And just the fact that we're talking about it here today cements it as a decade rewinded and it it's really just a fantastic album if, if you have not listened to this thing if you just know war pigs if you just know iron man iron man or just really know paranoid or just know paranoid or just know of black sabbath or ozzy osbourne please go check this thing out it is really really fantastic it's relatively short considering the time period that these albums were kind of coming out in uh it's yeah. roughly about 30 minutes um and it's really really great so we highly highly recommend it also Thank you. Recommendation. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Sorry that we have been so sick and things have been so crazy. Uh, We got a lot of really great content coming up for you. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram at a decade under with a three instead of an E at the end. Um, (laughs) And, you know, if you want subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, you do the follow. I think that's what it is. Um, on anchor if you're listening on anchor thank you absolutely uh, go ahead and give us a little uh, an applause if that's what it there's so many fucking different things dude it drives me nuts absolutely but, you know do all that shit just just you know do, do what you can um follow us on facebook at a decade under the influence i believe yep right is yep. that what it is that's real um a decade under the influence um make, make damn sure to tell all your friends about this podcast and yeah man and thank you again again what lucas said thank you for listening uh if you've been listening since day one like yo yo shout out to you we recently figured out that our fantagram episode was totally fucking disgusting and it was only lucas's audio it was the worst so it was you know if if you listen to that i hope that it's gotten better since absolutely and if it hasn't please let us know or if there are any issues with any of our episodes please let us know if the, if you notice any sort of historical inaccuracies, remember we're not fucking metal historians. No way. We don't. You know we don't know the life of Black Sabbath. We have not done an obscene amount of you know looking into it and stuff like that. We're here to talk about paranoid at face value at what we see it for, and you know with a, you know, a couple little facts in here, you know, spread in here and there. And it's great. And please go listen to it. And we appreciate also, if you're you listening. Because of Buck's show uh, on Coyote 102.5, Buck U, we were Buck recently- Buck University. Yeah, we were recently uh, on his show, and um, if you're listening because of that, shout out to you. Thanks for listening. Shouts out. Shouts out to you. Shouts out. Folks. And shouts out to Buck. That guy is the yeah, coolest. Yeah, shouts out to Buck. Huge shout out to you, man. Absolutely. Also, shout out to uh, Rico Leva for doing our intro and outro. I don't think that we Just thank slaughters. him enough for Slaughters. everything that we do uh, or that that 
He also did the uh, he also did the intro and outro to my podcast. I finally have a little bit of intro outro. Super stoked! Shout out to that dude. He just makes incredible stuff. If you need, and what is that music, podcast called? Really quick, Jake. Uh, I don't like to do so much self promotion, but it's called. I hope this doesn't suck. Uh, it's a photo. It's a photo. Wow! It's a podcast about photo, video, life, a whole bunch of other shit. Um, and uh, occasionally I have guests, and it's a it's a fun time. So maybe go check that one out too. It's really easy to find because it's the only one of the name. <laughs> there you go. And I thank you guys so much for listening. I think we're out. Yes, indeed, we're out. Boom. Thank you.